now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, updates, everything home-related. Whether you are in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to spend the hour here on CFAX 1070. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, and the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. There is just so much knowledge within this group of people, not the least of which is me. I've been around for a long time, as our regular listeners will know. I've been selling real estate since 1991. That's almost 30 years. 30th anniversary is coming up just around the corner. I've handled hundreds of transactions. No two are the same. However, experience really does come in handy when it comes to the very complicated process of buying or selling real estate. I would love to help you as well too. So if you have a question that I can assist with, just reach out to myself or the rest of the whole Home Show team members. Go to cfax1070.com, look under shows. There you'll find us, uh, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All the contact information is there or reach out to me. Just Google Tony Joe Real Estate or Tony Joe Victoria. You got to put the real estate or Victoria in there, by the way, because otherwise a country music singer by the name of Tony Joe White gets all of the ranking on Google there. That's not me. That's not me. Uh, This week, we'll be talking about radon gas. What is it? How does it affect you? Why do you need to know about it? And why does the real estate industry talk about it on the property condition disclosure statement, which I'll talk about in just a moment here. Our guests are Dr. Noah Quastel and Dr. Anne-Marie Nickel, both of the BC Lung Association, who will be educating us on the topic. Radon, what is it? Let's find out. So make sure you stick around because I'm going to learn. This is going to be a learning experience for me. Every episode is a learning experience for me. Um, But this one in particular, because uh, I will tell you, I have limited to zero knowledge about this. And one of the reasons why I want to have these guests on the program is uh, to learn more so that I can inform my clients and hopefully our uh, realtors who listen to the program here as well will also be enriched with some great information. We always have a segment here about listener stories or questions. And if you have one, a question or a story that you'd like to tell us, real estate related, of course, call our number. It's 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Be sure to leave a message. Tell us your story. Leave your number, too, so I can get back to you. Uh, Or you can find us online. Again, cfax1070.com or reach out to me. And as a reminder, too, if you're a podcast listener in your car, in your home, wherever you listen to podcasts, all of our episodes are podcasted. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play. So just look us up and you can listen to our library of four years worth, about 180 episodes worth of great content. Not all of it is current market related. So we've got a lot of evergreen content. And that means things that are as relevant today 
uh, as it was when they were recorded. It may even be something that is relevant to your life at this moment, and it can help you out. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Today, I want to touch on the property condition disclosure statement, particularly since today's guests will be talking about the radon aspects that are mentioned in the property condition disclosure statement. Now, what is the property condition disclosure statement? Well, to our listeners here, if you're in the process of buying or selling real estate, uh, it is a form. Basically, it's a questionnaire. It's a form that the felt the seller fills out and it asks questions to the best of their knowledge. Just the key words here are to the best of the seller's knowledge. To the best of your knowledge, is there any asbestos products in the house? Has there been any uh, water leakage or uh, are there any roof repair um, uh, repairs that haven't been taken care of? Are there any rodent or insect uh, infestation? Bats, by the way, bats are one that has just been recently uh, added to the pre- property condition disclosure statement. Uh, for stratas, there's other questions too. Like for instance, are there any special assessments voted on or proposed? Have you paid any special assessments in the last five years? And if so, how much were they? Um, it's a very, very uh, detailed form that provides a lot of information to a, uh, to a potential buyer. Now, what are the requirements? Well, number one, in order to be listed on the MLS system, Uh, at the Victoria Real Estate Board, actually any of the boards in British Columbia, the form needs to be signed, but it actually does not need to be completed. So every once in a while, we'll find a uh, disclosure statement that has been crossed off and it has been signed. An example of that would be, for instance, in an estate sale where the executor may not even be a family member, may never even have stepped foot in that property ever in their life. There's no way that they could make representations about the condition of the property. They're just simply the executor. And as a result, all they've done, which is required, is signing the form and not filling it out. So that's one thing. Every once in a while, we'll get somebody who says that it's an investment property. Maybe they've owned it for 10 years. Uh, Again, they've never stepped foot in it they will cross it out too. Now, by the way, I have a little issue with that myself personally, because if you own the property, you've been responsible for the property, whether you have a property management company or not, you will know if there was a leak in the toilet or a leak in the sink or any of these things. So, you know, to me, that's a bit of a cop-out. Whenever I have a client who's an investor, who's owned a unit they've never stepped foot in, I still get them to fill out the form. Uh, The answers are to the best of their knowledge. So one that comes up often is asbestos. To the best of your knowledge, does the house have any asbestos products? Well, the reality is asbestos was that miracle product that was used a lot, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, Generally speaking, the consensus is anything built before 1990 has some degree of asbestos in it, whether it be in the ductwork taping or sometimes there's baffling uh, by the ducts, you know, to to stop heat transfer. Uh, Sometimes it's in the drywall. Sometimes it's in the linoleum. Sometimes it's in other products uh, as well. And the thing is, if a seller has not had these things tested, they truly do not know. So sometimes do not know is the appropriate answer. Uh, Now, if it's been tested and it has been found to have asbestos, that's a whole different story altogether. Um, Something that is important on the property disclosure statement is the disclosure of material latent defects. 
What is a material latent defect? Is a defect that renders the real estate either dangerous or potentially dangerous for occupants uh, and also potentially hazardous for health. But most important, it is a defect that ca cannot be discerned by a reasonable inspection. So a uh, patent defect. So for instance, uh, if there is uh, a flood in the basement, there are signs an inspector can tell that there is, for instance, efflorescence in the, on the walls or something, uh, or signs of leakage, or for instance, an in-law suite that is not legal, that's not hidden and hard to find. All you gotta do is go to a municipality and pull up the file and see if the suite is legal. A material latent defect is something that cannot be discerned by a, a reasonable inspection. Um, and that is things, for instance, was it a grow up in the past? Those are big concerns, right? Um, and today's topic of our program is radon gas. Uh, does the property have a radon mitigation system? What is that? I can't explain it to you right now. I'm going to be able to explain it to you after chatting with Dr. Noah and Dr. Anne-Marie. That much is for certain. Um, but the disclosure statement uh, is generally always included as part of the contract of purchase and sale in the purchase of a property. So number one, it's important that a owner answers truthfully to the best of their knowledge. Number two, for the buyer, it does not replace a building inspection or your requirement to do your own due diligence. You, uh, buyer beware still is a law that applies here. So as much as the property disclosure statement is a framework from which to work with, you must still conduct your own due diligence. Um, if you would like to see what a copy of the property condition disclosure statement is, either residential or strata, just let me know. I'd be happy to send you over a copy. Uh, it's a very interesting form. It's one that changes uh, occasionally as the need requires, including radon gas, which is what we're going to be talking about uh, after our break here. Uh, as always, though, if you've got something you'd like to talk about, let us know, 250-414-6540, or find me online go to cfax1070.com. We're going to take a quick little break here right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about radon and what the heck is it. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. When property owners are filling out the property condition disclosure statement during the listing of a property, there exists now a list of questions that asks about radon and whether or not the property has been tested for radon. Now, this has brought up a number of questions for property owners and realtors as well, too, because a lot of property owners have no idea what this radon thing is. And as a result today, our guests are Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel, um, both from the Healthy Indoors Environment Program um, at the... Uh, BC Lung uh, um, uh, Center, right? Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for coming and joining us today to answer these questions that have been uh, burning questions for me. And uh, I'm, I'm considering today's episode as education for myself that we're going to share with all the listeners here on CFAX. So uh, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Tony. So thank question... Question number one, because uh, Anne-Marie, uh, you handle the science side of things here, uh, but both of you can answer this. What is radon? 
Thanks, Tony. Um, Radon, if you've never heard of it before, you're not alone. Uh, Statistics Canada asks Canadians questions every few years about radon gas as part of their household and environment survey. And we see a, a steady increase in the number of people who know what radon is, but it's still not really common knowledge. It's a, it's a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that forms from the natural decay of the breakdown of uranium, which is in the soil. So it's a soil gas that can creep up through cracks in the home and, and accumulate indoors. And unfortunately, it can cause lung cancer if people are exposed over time. Okay, so I think a lot of people will be scared about this right now. Uh, I don't think we ever consider the fact that there's uranium uh, uh, around. Um, however, this obviously, this is just a reality. By the way, this whole topic of radon, I'm going to say, is not just new as of when this was added to the disclosure statement in the real estate community. I've been hearing about this for, for years as well. Um, why is it something that is on the radar now as a, uh, and more of a concern now? now Noah, you, you handle the advocacy and, and um, uh, advocacy side of this. So what, why, why is this coming to topic now? In a way, it's a long story. In the 1980s, uh, household radon was really discovered as an issue um, in, in the United States, and it took a while to get to, to Canada as an issue. Canada's radon guideline of 200 becquerels per meter cubed was established in 2007 by Health Canada. And Health Canada has been working behind the scenes somewhat to promote radon for the last decade. And they've been able to make some significant changes. Uh, they've done household surveys. Uh, they've put together the Canadian National Radon Proficiency Program, which certifies radon testers and mitigators. But Health Canada can't really influence provincial policy. And it's taken a bit of time for provincial groups to, to fully understand the issue and start advocating. And we, uh, two years ago, really started a program to push radon awareness at the provincial level at the British Columbia Lung Association. So we've been really trying to communicate the issue out to people and we've seen great reception from uh, the British Columbia Real Estate Association and uh, the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. And so there's been some recent policy changes that we've helped to advocate for. In many ways, it makes sense because the the, the real estate community is the front line. Like when people um, are, are are thinking of buying or selling a home, um, questions like this are, 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 are no doubt, no doubt important. Um, but okay, I, I want to go back to uh, Anne-Marie and talk about radon because you mentioned colorless, odorless, um, we all know, by the way, things like natural gas, also colorless, odorless, but they add um, smell to it to, to notify people, you know, if there's a gas leak, right? Right. Uh, uh, now, with radon, what, what are the health implications? You know, you mentioned uh, lung cancer. Like, what happens? Well, over time, as radon decays, uh, we all know that uranium is radioactive, and it breaks down over time. And radon is just one of the decay chain particles from uranium. So as radon gas breaks down, it emits radioactive particles. And when you breathe these in in your lungs, it actually can begin the process of carcinogenicity to the development of tumors on the inside of people's lungs. There's been studies that have looked at other kinds of cancers, including blood cancers and stomach cancers, but by far the clearest evidence is that radon is a known human carcinogen for the lung. Wow. You know, when most people think about uh, lung uh, issues, 
one of the things that comes to mind is asbestos and asbestos particles. And yet this is a whole other, this is a whole other uh, uh, topic. It's true. And, and it's interesting because asbestos is something that in Canada, we've finally got around to addressing, but we're just getting on the bandwagon with radon. And the estimates that the government projects at the moment is over 3000 Canadians will die from radon related lung cancer every year. So that's a lot. Okay. And are there geographically uh, now I've seen a map, there is a map out there that kind of shows um, uh, uh, instances. So one of the things too, is the, the British Columbia Real Estate Association, the Real Estate Council of BC uh, encompasses the entire province. So um, I guess the question that I have is um, what are the instances here on South Island? Like, is it something that is an area that needs to be of concern or is it more common in other uh, jurisdictions? I can tell you that so far the testing in the Capital Regional District, there hasn't been a lot of testing. And there's been much more in the eastern and northern part of the province where some of the maps suggest that there's more uranium in the soil. But so far, there's not been major testing programs in the Victoria region. The Canadian Cancer Society did a bit of work a few years ago, but a lot more could be done to better understand what the levels are in your area. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about the process. So if, uh, again, these, this question is on the disclosure statement. Um, are you aware of a radon? Is there a radon mitigation uh, uh, system in place? Uh, Noah, um, what should somebody do if this is an area of concern and they're thinking of looking further into this? So the first step is to check to see what you can about radon maps in your area. And that will give you some of an inclination of the likelihood of radon being a problem. But Health Canada really recommends that everybody test their homes. Now a test uh, is typically done in Canada with a 90 day alpha tracker, which is a small device. It's about the size of a hockey puck. In fact, they're called hockey pucks. Okay. And one uh, gets a hold of one of these. The BC Lung Association sells them, but you can also find them online from various retailers. Um, and they cost from, from depending on who's selling them, uh, with 30 to $50. Uh, and in some cases there's, there's uh, promotions or pub public campaigns like Take Action on Radon, which gives away uh, testing devices. So then one takes this, this hockey puck and puts it in a lower part of your home where you regularly uh, spend time. It's because the gas is heavy, right? And it typically, it, it typically goes to lower, lower parts of the house or something. That's, that's correct. Okay. That's correct. Okay. And one opens up the package, leaves it for 90 days, and then sends it for testing at a lab. And then you get a, a result, which is a number, which tells you your average radon concentrations. Uh, there are devices that will tell you your radon readings in any moment. They take about an hour or two to, to start up and get a reading. Mm -hmm. uh, digital monitors, they're called. And those will tell you your radon readings at any point in time. But radon fluctuates in home quite a lot uh, from day to day and month to month. And so Health Canada really recommends the 90-day test. Uh, to get an average reading over that period and best in winter when when one's home generally tends to be closed. So if you have windows open a lot, it will uh, maybe not give you the same reading. Yeah, so because once, you have air movements and, and uh, you're cycling air in the house. That's right. That's right. Once you know your radon level, if it's, if it's at 200 becquerels or over, it's really recommended to have uh, a mitigator come and fix 
And what mitigators do is they put in a, a piece of equipment, uh, a, a pipe in the, in, in the basement in a process which is called sub-slab depressurization. And what happens there is that the pressure differential, so radon's really entering the home because there's a slight vacuum in your basement relative to the outside space. No, I actually, hold on. This, we're getting deep right now, which I want to do, but we have to take, <laughs> we need to take a commercial break right now. So okay. hold that thought. We're going to come back with uh, Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel to talk more about radon just after our break. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor, Westland Insurance, and the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. Uh, there you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there, or you can reach out to me. Uh, and as I continue to mention, if you are a podcast listener, you can subscribe to our podcast either on iTunes or Google Play. We have uh, 180 episodes that we've uh, recorded uh, ever since we began four years ago. Lots of great content and information. Much of it is evergreen, which means that it doesn't uh, go out of date. Today's episode is a classic example because if it's something that's a concern to you now, it may be a concern to you three years from now or five years from now, just go back to our podcast. You'll be able to learn everything you need to know about radon or other things. And speaking of radon, we're here today talking um, with members of the Healthy Indoors Environment uh, Program from the BC Lung Association, uh, Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel. Anne-Marie Nickel, thank you very much for coming again to our program today. Now, before the break, uh, Noah was getting deep into the process of uh, mitigating the uh, radon that one might find in the house. So let's just step back a little bit, uh, Noah. So somebody has used the puck, sent it to the lab, has determined uh, that there's some radon in the house. Uh, and let's start again by the, the, work, the work that can be done uh, in the house. So a radon mitigation professional can visit your home and look at what's happening in the basement and look at the pressure differential between your basement and the outside. They use a device called a manometer. manometer. And what that's going to do is tell them how much suction is needed to make sure radon passes through the house and out without living, entering into the, in, entering into the living space. And so what they'll put in is a a system which is called sub-slab depressurization. They'll drill a hole in the foundation, a small hole, a couple of inches wide, put in a, uh, I think it's a PVC pipe and a fan, and then find an exit point in the house, usually up through the roof, and sometimes it'll curve and go at the side of the building. And the purpose of that is to make sure that your basement doesn't suck any radon in through little cracks, and to make sure that any radon is driven through that pipe and out. And when they do this, radon levels will drop dramatically and almost instantly once this process is put in. So uh, we've seen studies and over 90% of radon 
subslab depressurization will take radon down below 100 becquerels. That's half of the guidelines. So it's a really safe and easy method. It can be done in one or two days. It is not very expensive compared to the risks of lung cancer. So when somebody is looking at um, this installation, like what, what can we as licensees kind of look out for? Like, is it evident? Can you see it when you're in a, in a basement? Yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll see, you'll see a pipe and, and usually like a little um, a fan attached to it. Uh-huh. And typically they will be marked and indicated. They'll say that it, it relates to radon. They'll be labeling on it. Interesting. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so now what, what we're talking about here is moving it because it's there. Uh, as Anne-Marie said, it's in the ground, comes up. So you're moving it from the basement outwards. But, but my next question here, Anne-Marie, from the science standpoint is, are you not just introducing it into the atmosphere? And what does that do for us? Uh, and how is that different from being in the house, for instance, and being exposed to it in the house? That's a really good question. I think, first of all, we need to talk about dose and response because it depends on the level of radon that you have in your home. So Health Canada has marked 200. So 200 becquerels per meter, that's the unit that we use meters cubed to measure radon gas. Mm -hmm. And we have a recommended guideline of about 200 when you should start to consider making these changes that NOAA's recommended to your home. And once you vent it outside, if you're able to put a system in to vent it outside, it dilutes in outdoor air and it dissipates. So as soon as the radon is released, up it goes into the atmosphere and it continues to decay and break down over time and and is relatively harmless. There are places in Saskatchewan, having said that, where the uranium concentration is so high that the outdoor air can be quite high, but it's not like that in British Columbia, thankfully. Oh my goodness. Um, So the... I guess the reality is what we're talking about is it is there. It exists. It's not like there's a way to, um, to eliminate it altogether. You're not going to start a uranium mine under your house. No. Okay. Canada is a uranium rich country. We've been um, mining uranium and exporting it and using it for different things for a very long time. It's just, it's more concentrated geographically in some parts of the country than others. So we're somewhat fortunate in BC in that we have less, but there's parts of the province that have much, much more. That's what Noah was talking about earlier, but it's a little bit everywhere all across the country. So is this an example of uh, the federal government just being proactive in uh, something that has potential health issues by, by, by having the Healthy Indoors Environment uh, Program? Um, Noah, do you want to answer that question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, so there's a legal division of powers in the Constitution, the Canadian Constitution, which has the federal government do some stuff and the provincial government do things. So we generally look to the provincial government to to regulate things like real estate transactions or building codes or workplace health, occupational health and safety standards. The federal government through Health Canada can pool information and promote guidelines and discuss best practices and put out technical documents, but they can't reach into the provinces and change their legislation. And so at the, uh, we, me and Anne-Marie, were looking at ways to, to address the situation. We asked ourselves, how could British Columbia have 
a robust policy to address radon. And what we decided is to work with the BC Lung Association as a nonprofit, as a place where we could pool understanding and resources, but also think about law reform and think about ways of advocating with different um, agencies like real estate associations or real estate councils, but also municipalities and the provincial government to try and create what a robust strategy for tackling this issue and it's a complicated issue which spans many many different areas of law and policy because it affects almost every building and so we working on on developing strategies to help communities test to look at radon in child cares in workplaces oh, in schools yeah. in residential tenancies for renters and landlords in real estate transactions, and 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 we're we're trying to go through and do as much of it as we can. But of course, we're a small team, so we're we're moving slowly. And one of our first projects was with radon and real estate. And we're very happy with people's uptake, and we're hoping to to do a lot more work uh, in the next couple of years. Well, you just opened my eyes into something because, of course, you know I'm in the realm of real estate, so to me, this is what I think about. But oh yeah, when you think about schools and you think about tenants and you think about uh, other other places. Uh, I never, never considered that before. That's at Simon Fraser University. Some of the work we've been doing is looking at how to get school testing programs going because we know some and childcare in particular because many childcare centers are in basements. Yeah. So radon is there, and even or if you have a church facility, it's it's in the basement part of the building. So you know, children do spend considerable amount of time often in care or in schools. So those are other places other space buildings that need to be considered for radon, not just people's homes. Yeah. And the other thing too, is, you know, cause you mentioned uh, uh, during the winter time when windows are closed and stuff, it makes me think about other jurisdictions in the country, not as fortunate as us here on the Island where we have a, we don't have a long winter and, you know, windows are open longer and there's more air movement and, and all that. So many things to consider. Uh, we're talking right now with Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel, uh, both from the uh, BC Lung Association, talking about healthy indoor environments and uh, radon. What's a good place for, for people to read more about the topic we're talking about today? Well, Health Canada has a comprehensive site if you're looking for information Great. by the federal government. If okay. you type in Radon in Health Canada, you'll definitely get to the federal government's resources. Noah, you might have some other ideas too. Well, you know, if you go to our Healthy Indoor Environments website and look at our Radon and Real Estate project, we actually have a, a big list of resources that's available for people. And we've created a... Um, it's a two-page document really outlining uh, web-based resources where people can learn not just about radon and, and how to see if it's a problem in their community and how to test and how to fix for it, but uh, information from different sources that really relate to real estate transactions. So uh, we've put out uh, recommendations. The Real Estate uh, Council of British Columbia has guidance for uh, real estate agents and buyers and sellers on radon. The uh, Canadian Real Estate Association has a guide for radon. So actually, a lot of people have focused on education and put out quite a few resources. And it's something one can uh, really learn a lot about. Uh, and so we've tried to compile that data. And again, through Health Canada, they actually have a lot of resources on, on radon through Health Canada's uh, website and the National Radon Program. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, we need to take our last break uh, of the day, but when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about radon and healthy indoors environment uh, with Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel. We'll be back in just a moment. 
This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. If you are just joining us or have missed our episode, um, you've got to listen because it's important. We're talking about radon today, and the my initial idea was to learn more about it for residential, you know, because we're homeowners. We're property owners. How does radon affect us? But the other thing that's come up recently is it's it's anywhere. Is it in uh, schools? Is it in commercial buildings? Is it in, is it in uh, rental buildings? All of these things. And as a result today, we are learning from Noah Questel and Anne-Marie Nickel uh, from the BC Lung Association and the Healthy Indoors Environment Program. Again, thank you uh, both for, for coming here. Um, Anne-Marie, tell us, I mean, obviously, from what we've learned so far, uh, radon uh, can result in lung cancer. It's in the air. Um, what are typical, uh, I mean, if somebody has an ailment, uh, a, a lung, a pulmonary uh, ailment, how can it be traced back to uh, radon as opposed to a host of other things like asbestos or whatever? That's a good question. When you have asbestos exposure, you often have a specific kind of cancer called mesothelioma, and it makes it easier to say, oh, this person was exposed to asbestos often at work. But for radon gas, it causes just general lung cancer. So it, there is no particular marker to say that your exposure was caused by radon gas. We do know though, that the longer that you're exposed to higher levels, or if you're a smoker and you have radon together, your risk is much higher. So right now, there is no way of, of pointing the gun right at the radon as the problem. But if you test your house and it's high and you've lived there for a while, it's likely contributing to your cancer, unfortunately. So are, are people who are, are suffering from, from uh, some symptoms, are they in fact getting their houses tested to sort of um, to see if that is an issue, like a process of elimination? Is that, is that a common process maybe? That. Yeah, we do have people who either they or their partners have developed lung cancer. In some cases, people's animals have developed lung cancer, which is a bit strange. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so some of the, uh, Mike Holmes's, uh, Homes on Homes has some programs on radon too, if people are interested. We didn't talk about that earlier, but they get into some of those issues. But the, um, you know, lung cancer is unfortunately the leading cause of cancer death in Canada. And we know that one in four people will develop it in their lifetime. That's a lot. And it's unfortunately really quite fatal because people don't, don't know they have it until it's stage four often. So anything that we can do to reduce people's chance of getting lung cancer is really important. Well, my mom was taken by lung cancer and she was not a smoker. She was never a smoker and lived a very healthy lifestyle. And, you know, uh, because that's one of the things that comes up. It's like, how can this happen to somebody who was healthy and who never smoked and, you know, all that. And um, now, I'm you know, be like, that's not, an, that's not an uncommon story that we're hearing more and more. We used to really stigmatize lung cancer patients as being smokers. But my mom also passed away from lung cancer and was not, she was an avid outdoor person, not a smoker, ate a, didn't even drink, had a healthy life. So, you know, she was quite young when she passed away. So more and more we're seeing as smoking rates come down, our lung cancer rates aren't going away. So obviously wow. there's something else that we're exposed to here. And this one clearly, this exposure clearly causes cancer. So that's why it's so important to have this conversation because the more we know about radon gas in our homes, the sooner we can fix it and reduce the risk, at least from that problem. 
Okay. So, so the level of radon uh, and Health Canada has, has um, benchmarked it 200 uh, becquerels per, cube, per cubic meter. Meter cube, yeah. Meter cube, yeah. Um, over time, could we expect to see more or is it what it is? Like it, it, it's, it's as it exists right now or is it, or is it a condition that will get worse? I'm going to let Noah answer that question. Well, so one issue that we're seeing is, is in newer homes that are tighter, that are more energy efficient, what can happen if radon isn't particularly addressed is the radon levels will go up. So some studies uh, out of Alberta have really seen that newer homes do have more radon. Hmm. So some of our typical over older homes, if you think of your, your, your sort of typical um, wood frame cottage built in the 1920s or 1930s. Drafty, right? Drafty, lots of ventilation. Yeah. And ventilation is not the best way of dealing with radon, but it can it can do it. So if you're in a really drafty house, you're not going to get as much radon. So if we don't take preventive measures and we keep on making more efficient houses, the radon situation could get worse. Now, luckily, there are provisions for radon in the building code uh, since 2014 and, and improved in, in, in 2015. So we do have it in the building code in some areas, areas that are known to have a radon problem. And, and one can find in the BC Building Code a list of municipalities. Most of them are east of the Coast Mountains, but we also see Whistler and Abbotsford and Hope in that list Interesting. And, and Seashell. So, uh, so if we take these measures and we have policies, we can, we can, we can evict radon. We can eliminate radon from our built environment in the next uh, couple of decades if we put effort to it. And that's so one of the ways we want to really frame having a provincial radon strategy is we can deal with this problem. But if we don't, the radon situation is not going to go away and it could get worse. Hmm. So because we're talking about the BC building code and of course, building new houses, um, could we then maybe at some time in the future start seeing things that are built into new construction, like a new home that is all that like a radon mitigation that's already, already there? Um, yeah. If you, if you are in a home, if you're looking at a house built uh, after 20, 2015, I, I believe is the date, you're going to see that sub-slab depressurization system. It's oh, a I... partial system, Okay. Uh, what we call a rough-in. Uh, and that's actually a, a kind of warning we want to give people. If you get yourself a newer home and it has one of these systems, it doesn't necessarily have a fan, so you still have to test. And if the test could still come back high, and if it's high, you're going to have to alter that, that system. You're going to have to put a fan in and start running the fan to make sure it's working properly. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, when yeah. when do consumers learn about this? Like, I, I don't think I don't think I've heard. Like, I, I, this is completely new to me, and I I sell a lot of homes, right? And I've never I have never heard this, and I have never heard a client who's bought a new house say, "Oh, the builder said that this is you know this is this and this for that." I, I, this kind of this is a little bit shocking, actually. Well, the lower part, may, yeah, the low it might be your location too. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Noah. Yeah, so I was going to say, Victor, the Southern Vancouver Island, yeah. uh, the Capital Regional District, the Lower Mainland, uh, most of the Lower Mainland aren't don't have the, those building code provisions don't apply there. They only apply to listed municipalities oh, and known radon areas. Okay, okay. But what's what's worrying to us is we don't have great community testing in a lot of locations. So we think that there's many towns in the province 
that need to be tested to see whether or not that that building code should apply. Interesting. And and In 2018, of course, Duncan added, right? 2018, they added Duncan on Vancouver Island to one of the communities that needs to have these provisions built in. Um, but you know, we don't. As Noah's saying, we don't know enough about other places to be able to encourage those sorts of changes. Yeah. Well, we've got a pretty good handle on the information that the building standards branch has. Mm -hmm. And we know the building standards branch will add municipalities when they've got some uh, good evidence of a radon problem in a particular location. But we also know we've got a pretty good handle on what community has been tested and a lot, there just hasn't been any tests. And there's so, no so public again, information. Who, who is doing these tests? Is the municipalities that are responsible for doing the tests or how? Well, <laughs> so right now we're in a regulatory vacuum in which everybody's responsible and nobody's responsible. So BC Lung has been selling test kits. And when we sell test kits, we collect data. So we have some data on different municipalities just because the people who buy the test kits from us agree to let us see the numbers from their community. So is There's, there is there municipal pushback? Like why why aren't municipalities doing this if in, I think the answer is they don't know. Mm -hmm. And we, we're running programs to try and talk to municipalities to get them on board. We actually are with the BC Lung Association together with Take Action on Radon, which is a, a national awareness program, is actually doing a big series of tests. We have 1,400 uh, radon test kits being distributed for free in the regional district of central Okanagan. So we're gonna have really good numbers come back on Kelowna and Peachland and West Country West, sorry, Lake Country uh, uh, to, and other municipalities in the area to, to actually get a good level of community testing. And, and once we have a good sample size, we can predict you know, how much radon there will be in the community. So we're really working to do that. And, and BC, the Healthy Indoor Environments Program at BC Lung Association, we, we're planning to do that in the next couple of years is conduct tests like that to get community levels around the province. Uh, it's just that it's it's a slow and expensive process in a sense, and we're a small nonprofit. I'm wondering if there is a political will because it doesn't feel to me like there there is. Well, I have we we think there is. Yeah, actually, we're we're getting okay. very okay. Um, favorable feedback, and we've been running this program for two years, and we've seen a lot of things happen. So we're okay. we're expecting in the next couple of years, a lot of municipalities will start to do community testing, and we're really hoping the province will start taking seriously the idea of having a radon prevention strategy. Yeah. That's something which is, is common in the European Union and the member states have. And we think it's something that's gonna has to happen at a provincial level to capture uh, law and policy of the built environment. And we think the province will do that uh, and we're pushing for it, but that's okay. something to come in the future. So radon is obviously not something that is specifically in British Columbia or Canada. It is, it is, uh, it's global. It's, it's in our planet. So are there other jurisdictions that are doing this well that you can use as a sort of example on uh, how, how to, how to handle this? Yeah, There's, absolutely. Do yeah. you want to start, Anne-Marie? Yeah. Well, our neighbors to the south actually have a more protective regulatory level than we do. They use a 150-ish becquerels because, of course, they have a different unit of measuring radiation than yeah. we do. Um, and the EU actually requires all workplaces to test. 
their radon levels where we don't have that kind of requirement in Canada and or in British Columbia. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, there's so much more to talk about. Um, I, I can't believe we're already out of time today. Maybe we'll have a, a follow-up with you because I have learned a lot. And thank you both, uh, Dr. Noah Costell and Dr. Uh, Anne-Marie uh, Nickel for, uh, for your time and, and teaching us and our, educating us and our listeners about uh, radon. So again, people need to learn more. Actually, I'm sure Googling radon uh, Health Canada, probably a good start, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.